Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome, my friends, to the Self-Doubt Solution Podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. And today, I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing my friend, Jessica Bourgeau. She is the founder of the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast and a transformational confidence and podcasting mentor. Damn, I love that. She also runs a monthly personal branding membership community and is about to launch the Start Your Damn podcast course next year, which we're gonna talk about a little bit today. And formerly, she has been a hairstylist for 22 years and she has been obsessed with everything concerned health, beauty, and helping you live a non-negotiable life you love. She is the kind of tough love hype girl you never know you need it, but always secretly want it. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Oh my goodness, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Me too. And I'm going to ask you right away, in what ways do people need this kind of tough love hype girl that you are? I'm curious. Well, it's interesting to label yourself as something like that, right? Uh, I had a assistant, if you will, a, a close assistant that worked with me, kind of put that label on me. And I thought, well, is that what I am? You know, sometimes you don't see yourself for who you are. But the feedback I've gotten through coaching over the years is I do tell it like it is. So though I can be your biggest cheerleader and hype girl, which we all need and support, whether it's a coach or a friend or somebody in your circle, you also need people to keep it really real with you. So along with the hype, you get the tough love, which is calling you out on what I see is holding you back. But most of the time, we already know what's holding ourselves back. It's just that mentorship and that, you know, friendship hype girl type of vibe that allows for it to come out in a safe space. So I think that's kind of how I got coined the hype girl you never knew you wanted, but always secretly needed. Mm, I love that. And, and And as you were speaking, the question that came up for me is, why is it that so few people in the world tell it how it really is? Why is it that so many people are so, so few people are so real? Well, I think people are becoming more and more open to being their authentic self and saying things how they really are. Um, we're learning to become more unfiltered because I think a lot of us are breaking people pleasing tendencies that we've been conditioned to appease other people, especially for women. Um, there's a lot of stigma around how you should be. And mm. it's like that kind of messaging as you're growing up that kind of breaks down the, well, if I say that it might not land well with people. So you learn to sort of mute yourself as you're growing based upon people's reactions to what you say. And now with social media, there are accounts that are polarizing, right? That get people to engage by say trauma bonding or commiserating or scarcity tactics or those really heavy pain points. And while a lot of people suffer and deal with that stuff, um, I choose to come at things from a positive perspective and uplifting perspective, exactly the way you and I started off this conversation before you even hit record. I am, you know, in abundance, joyful, happy, excited, you know, so that's just the nature I choose to be at. But you know, when I see people stuck in that ladder, what I was just saying, the scarcity, the trauma, the commiserating being their baseline, you know, the tough love type of stuff has to get brought out. We have to call people, you know, out on how they're being so that they can recognize the patterns that they're creating. If you don't want to change, you don't want to change. And that's totally fine. But, Mm. you know, I think people that really move the needle right now are the change makers that are willing to have the hard conversations that they know aren't going to land well with everybody. So if you decide to step into the mentorship coaching space, you have to own what you stand for. Mm. I think this is so true and so powerful and, you know, have lots of things that I want to ask you about this. 
But before we go deeper into that, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your background story. Because generally people, you know, have a very interesting story that brings them to, you know, making authenticity a strong value, making being your unapologetic self your such a strong focus in your life. So was that different for you at some point in your life? Um, you know, I really think it's just been a part of who I am since I was young. I don't know if it's because I was an only child looking for attention. I found that if I said things that maybe other people wouldn't say, I would get that said attention. Uh, I do think once I realized not everybody spoke up like I did and didn't, didn't, weren't okay with being wrong or being looked at for the things that they said, I, I started to realize I was a little different in that way. And so I was always encouraged to be myself. My mom is very proper and, you know, she's corporate and there's, there's things you do as a woman that are more socially acceptable. And this is how children should be. This is how women should be. This is how little girls should be. And, you know, my story is interesting because I don't know who my father is. So I didn't grow up with a really strong male role model. I grew up with a mom who tried to be both roles as best as she could. And so for a little girl growing up, you, 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 get the juxtapose of a woman being in her masculine and in her feminine. And I couldn't describe what that was when I was a kid. I can only articulate it now. And really now, since I've had those conversations with my mom, how, how did you do that? Or where did these thoughts or these messaging that you kind of fed me come from? Well, she had me at 19. She was doing the best she could. And now at 41 for myself, I can see that. But in the time, it was really just a self-expression. Could I get a reaction out of people by just saying the things that nobody else was saying. I have ha since then learned to say them in a kind, loving way that would be more um, welcomed. And so for a really long time, I think I was in the box of, you know, kind of telling people what to do or, or coming from a tell you what to do type of place. And as I've leaned more into coaching and learned how what I say is impactful, but it's it's really how I'm saying it. The delivery of the message is the more meaningful part. We can hear the same message over and over, say from a partner, right? But for some reason you go to some motivational event or something and some you know, amazing famous person says the same exact thing to you, but in a different way, when you're in a different emotional state, it just lands differently. So I've learned to harness the things that maybe need to be said or the, the hard conversations. And I've honed away through my podcast, through the book, through, coaching over the years through trial and error, through messing up a lot, um, how to get my message out there in a way that is receptive. Um, again, not muting myself, because if you stand for something, you really have to be able to stand on that foot, I think, and speak speak openly and be okay with not everybody liking you, which is kind of tough mm. sometimes. So let's talk about this for a moment, This this whole notion of you know, standing your ground, speaking your truth, being, you know, your unapologetic self. What was it that, or maybe what is it today that helps you do that so powerfully that you see is often lacking in other people? Well, it's interesting because we don't know what's possible sometimes until we see it. And so I think that's the amazing part about social media is we can now see what's possible. We can see people becoming successful or having businesses based off of truths and things that they believe in and things they want to teach and stand for. Um, and you also see people try to be somebody who they're not and they don't last very long. It's very difficult to be somebody you're not. And I think that's one of the things I learned early on was if I'm going to do anything, I have to do it with authenticity and you learn who your true authentic self is by showing up and doing things. Does that feel aligned? Did that feel good to say that? Did I like how people responded to what I had to say? You know, so it's like a learned skill set, I think. And I think for those who maybe don't practice it, they haven't put themselves out there. They haven't been willing to take the risk to not be liked or to not step into their true power of what they could really stand for. I think sometimes we get all these mixed messages and we don't know what we stand for. We don't know who we are. We don't know what our message could be to the world. Um, a lot of people are passionate and a lot of people have, you know, things that they're interested in, but to really be okay with, you know, being yourself I've learned is, is very difficult. It's very difficult because a lot of times we just stay in the box we've been put in. 
So I wrote a whole book on that. So you, it's, mm. it's interesting. It's interesting, the psychology behind it. And I'm no psychology expert by any means. It's just literally learned shit that I've done over the years and watched as I've coached um, inside the mastermind I work with uh, just it, human behavior. And that's something I've learned 22 mm. years behind the chair, having conversations with people. You just learn how people work. And once you realize you're not alone in your feelings and things, I think that also empowered me to know I'm not the only one who feels like this. I'm not the only one who thinks sort of these things, but I might be one of the only ones to speak my truth, start a podcast, talk about the things and express them. Yeah. So, you know, I like the angle that you're taking about sort of exploring who you are by making choicing choices and then reflecting on them. Does that feel aligned? Does that feel right for me? And <clears throat> one of the things that I see a lot is a lot of entrepreneurs are simply too busy to be successful. Now, what I mean by that is exactly to your point, because if you do not take the time to reflect, the time to become aware of what's even going on within yourself, you will never have those insights that you just shared. You will never know who you really are because you just keep chasing an idea that you picked up somewhere from your parents, your teachers, your priests or whatever, your friends, you know, a book, a podcast. And you just say, oh, that sounds great. Somebody else worked for it. You know, I'm just going to do it. And then you do it. Oh, it doesn't work. Next thing. You're just going to do it. All right. So <clears throat> I'm curious what role for you has slowing down played in finding answers to these questions and in reaching higher levels of success? Well, I think because I stayed the course of doing one thing for so long, it gave me that confidence muscle to know that I could create habits and I could show up fully in one area with, you know, the beauty industry and doing hair. I think when we don't allow ourselves to try things on for size, we'll never know what's going to be a good fit. And as you evolve and you have experiences in your life, different things will interest you and different things will present themselves to you that, you, that you may never have thought of for yourself. And that's why getting in spaces like a mastermind or a group coaching type of stuff can really open your eyes to what your superpowers are that you don't even realize you have, no. you know, but what you're saying to your point around entrepreneurs being so busy, they don't ever hit the success mark, you know, I think really taking a good hard look at what success means to you personally and defining that before you move forward in in whatever it is that you're doing because if you don't have benchmarks to go off of as you grow into that success level you'll never know when you get there because mm -hmm. you'll always be looking for the next thing like you just said you'll always be getting outside influenced into the next shiny thing or you know what's trending and that's going back to like being authentic to what do you stand for and what lights you up to talk about you know becoming a podcast coach was i didn't before i had a podcast would i have thought to be a podcast coach no i've never i had never done the thing i hadn't exercised that muscle and i hadn't fallen in love with the art of podcasting so you know through life experiences you know with the closure happening with the pandemic i was presented time to slow down for the first time in my adult life and so to your point of slowing down there were so many things I wanted to do and expand on with my brand in the salon, but I never gifted myself the time to learn how to do them, to get help to do them, um, or to try and fail or to spend money and maybe it not work out. But with that closure time, it gifted me that time where I was like, you literally have no more excuses. This is your time, take it or leave it. And I did, I dove in head first. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I made a lot of mistakes with the podcast. And that's why I'm now so passionate about teaching people how easy it is to start one. And so, you know, through all of that, I couldn't have told you five years ago as I was behind the chair running the salon that this is where I would be. Hmm. But in order to create this lane, I now have to do hard things. I have to figure out stuff I don't know. And I think that's the difference between people who think they wanna be entrepreneurs and people who, successful entrepreneurs, right? And people who are just good at doing things, maybe are best served being part of a team that is entrepreneurial like, right? So it's it's really getting clear on what roles you you like to play. And that's another reason why I studied human design because it helped me learn about my clients as they were coming in, what were the blocks that were holding them back? If you're 
a projector, but you're running at the speed of a manifesting generator, you're going to have different results. If you don't know about human design, look it up. There's tons of free info online. I'm happy to answer questions too. But I went through that course because I wanted to learn more about me and how I am meant to show up and human design quickly. If you don't know, it's just the design that it's not a personality test. It's nothing like woo woo. It's literally, you know, kind of defines who you are and it helps you understand how you move through life and how you make decisions. So it was empowering. It's an empowering tool to know about yourself. And in learning that I'm a projector, slowing down was one of the main things that I needed to learn how to do because I was operating as a generator a manifesting generator where there was no chill. And so I have learned that the ease and flow and the slowdown is where I can actually be creative and the magic mm. starts to happen and the ideas flow and I create space to have amazing conversations like this on other people's podcasts instead of staying too busy running my own, you know, this is where the magic happens. So, yeah. you know, mm. we could go on and on about that, but yeah. So first off, first, I want to bring our attention to your choice of words. You know, this is something that I do in my work a lot. I listen to pe people's words and language because it helps me see the patterns that they're running. <clears throat> and you mentioned now twice, the I gifted myself time. And I think, you know, just as a moment to pause, it's really beautiful to look at it that way because so often there's two components in it. Number one, you're saying you're giving it to yourself where a lot of people live in this idea is like, you know, time is, you know, 24 hours. It's all I have. You know, I, I just don't have any more time. You're like, wait, wait, you're, I'm, I'm gifting it to myself. So it's a blessing in a way. So I think that's beautiful. And also, you know, you have struck such a strong foundation in helping people get their message out. And I'm curious, why do you think that is so important for people and also for you to communicate what's inside of you? Well, we see now on social media, you know, anybody can be a said influencer or grow a personal brand. And, you know, but what does your brand stand for? And that's where I really started to get curious and ask better questions you know, who, who am I? What do I stand for? You know, I could rattle off all my titles. I'm a mom, I'm a hairdresser, I'm a coach, right? But no, but like, what do I stand for? And what lights me up? And what's important to me? That's who I am, you know, and in, in learning that you can create a brand off of the things that you're naturally in love with, or that light you up really empowered me. And the podcast also empowered me to like, speak my voice, like I was talking to you in the beginning. I, I went about 40 episodes before I started to hit some weird resistance and I had to stop. because I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I think mm -hmm. maybe podcasting wasn't like, maybe this isn't for me. And I had to peel back and I was like, no, you're, you're trying to be like everybody else with podcasting. You're trying to overthink it. You're trying to over plan your episodes. You're trying to be too perfect. You're trying to be like whoever else I was listening to at the time podcast wise. And I told myself, the only way you're going to sustain this podcast long-term is to be yourself and to start to speak like you normally speak. If you want to drop an F-bomb, let yourself do it. If you want to get really overly emotional or, you know, hyped about something, like get passionate about it. You, you can yeah. do that. It's your show. And so I think through allowing myself to be myself, you know, it's, it helped me define what holds people back from being successful. And, and it's really just being their authentic self. And through, through that, you are naturally growing a personal brand because you start to develop things like your core pillars in, in who you are and what you stand for. And so that's your brand. It's not so much like I make websites, I can write copy. I, I do this. I do that. That's not your, that's not your brand. That's not who you are. And people buy from people. And that's one of the things I learned as a hairdresser. I wasn't the most technically, you know, gifted hairdresser, but the experience the client had with me, that was all me. That was me. That was a personal brand that I was growing. I didn't even realize what I was doing. It's, it's the introduction to who you are before you even walk into a room. It's someone talking about you before they ever even meet you. Like, what do people say about you when you're not around? Mm -hmm. So basing the personal branding off of that, I was like, this is something we can dig into this. I can get passionate about helping people learn to show up as themselves. And it's just an empowering way to like build confidence, 
and again, teach people that it's okay to not be liked by everybody. You know, you can't, I can't do every type of hair. I can't do every service available out there. I had to choose some things that I wanted to be really known for and good at. And those became my core, you know, services. Same with entrepreneurs. They want to be able to offer all these things, but if they can't hone in on the things that really light them up that they're excited about, they won't sustain the longevity in their career. Therefore, they probably won't have massive success with it. So to answer your question, you know, it's like, yeah, I think the personal branding part of it is so important. And it's something that we've seen people have massive success when they just hone in on the gifts that they already have. Mm. And I want to zoom in on a particular topic because what you're describing makes absolute perfect sense, right? It's just like a, one of those, the, of course, you need a personal brand. Of course, you need to invest in a personal brand and make it powerful and sexy and clear so that it speaks into your authentic truth. Now, on paper, that sounds super simple. If we look at the reality of how many people are actually doing that consistently, it's it's a very different story. So I'm curious, on a mental, emotional level, and maybe even energetic level, if you want to bring that in, what do you see is people is holding people back? You know, like I, you know, I've done work around like the the chakras, the different chakras, um, a lot of work on self expression, on communicating powerfully, nonviolent communication, all of that stuff. And I would love to hear from you. What do you see are like some of the biggest things that hold people back that they might not even be aware of? That's a good question, and I can't speak to everybody, right? Because we're all different, and we all again go back to that human design that's just a good example of how different people are there's five different types in there and so if we take the world and divide them into five different segments that answer is going to be different for everybody mm -hmm. um i do believe we all have things that hold us back that we are unaware of because we were conditioned as kids to you know hear certain things and and, and they just become who we are and that's a lot around why i wrote the book because it's it's really giving yourself that time, like you talked about, to explore and slow down. Who am I? What do I stand for? How am I getting in my own way? What are some things that I want and why don't I have them yet? You know, <clears throat> being able to visualize the life that you want and know that there is plenty of time for you to create that is a gift to your mind, right? Because what we think is what we end up focusing on. And if you think about all the lack that you have and the ways that you can't do something, you won't ever be able to do it. You will always get in your own way. And so through, you know, positive propaganda with podcasts and books, I've learned to retrain myself to think of things in the most highest light, the most positive way, the way to get it done, not the way to not get it done. Right. I could come up with 10 excuses of how I can't do something. Right. Let's just say you want to create a course. Well, I've never created a course. I don't know how to do it. That's someone's response. I don't know this. I don't know that. Well, with Google University and the ability to pretty much find anything online right now, mm -hmm. the only thing holding you back is the fact that you won't take the time to research, figure it out, maybe throw some spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Like just put something out there to see what works. And I think that's what we're afraid of is the failure that comes along with trying things that are new. Um, so I think accepting the fact that everybody starts at day one, everybody doesn't know what they're doing in the beginning. And generally we have to ask for some sort of help or support in order to, you know, get through that first challenge that's holding us back. Because again, like you asked, what's the question of what's holding people back, you know, deep down, I think we all know what it is that holds us back. And a lot of it's fear. And I'm never one that's like, fuck your fear. I'm always like, embrace the fear because you're only scared of that because you probably really want it. And you're worried that if you try and you fail, you won't ever get the thing. So you're better off not trying <laughs> than putting yourself out there and, and trying to figure it out. But like anything, you know, if you don't go through a little challenge and struggle to get there, you won't really, you know, have as much appreciation for it sometimes. I'm not saying we always have to struggle. Things can come with ease and flow, but you know, you can appreciate the struggle while you're in it in the in the learning phases of doing the new things. Mm, I love that. And one thing that I that I want to learn more about how you see it because you spoke about sort of the fear of failure. You know, Osho Osho said that the greatest fear we have is the fear of the opinion of the other person. And, 100%. And I could totally relate to that because 
when I started out, you know, I'm an, I'm a native German slash Italian speaker. English is my third language. I didn't speak the way that I speak now. And I come from a background where what I do, the coaching and speaking is like unheard of. That's like me being like someone from Mars. And so I faced a lot of questioning, a lot of also ridicule, a lot of this is stupid. Why are you doing that? Just get get a real job kind of thing. And it really, really hit me deeply in the beginning. And I definitely that was the reason why I didn't start for like seven years, even though I already mm-hmm. knew in my heart that's what I want to do. And eventually, through all different practices and mindset shifts and you know, emotional release techniques, I transcended this fear of what other people think of me. And I'm curious. What have you done in the past? Have you faced this as well? This what people think of me? And then what have you done to sort of transcend that fear? Oh, yeah. And I remember your story when I had you on my podcast. I mean, your story is truly one of those that you are why I wrote this book. (laughs) You are the person who did all the things they were told would make them happy and successful and everybody else would be proud of you. And I think you were proud of yourself for going through all the things you did and getting to the level you did. You not only did the thing, you were the best of the thing. Like, and, and, and even then you woke up and you still were like, no, there's something deeper that's calling me. I really want to do. And so you checked all the boxes of the other things to probably one, make sure that no one could ever hold that against you. And two, appease parents and people who were quote unquote judging you in that sense. Right. And so what's interesting is I chose a career early on in in the beauty industry uh, in 1999, becoming a hairdresser was what you did when you couldn't figure out what you wanted to do with your life. It was already not a socially acceptable, great career. You know, my mom was willing to spend money for me to go to, you know, medical school, become a lawyer, you name it done. She would pay for it all hand over fist beauty school. No, on your own. It's not a real Mm. job. So once I graduated top of my class, she was like, well, now you have to work at the best salon in San Diego. Like it was this, I was already pitted against that this, I wasn't going to be successful. I couldn't make anything of myself Mm. in this industry. And so, because I think I had to do that at an early age, 19, 20, 21, um, I fought for that acceptance in, in that industry. And I did my best to be the best I could in that industry. And so overcoming other people's doubts around me being successful in that built that confidence in me. And I realized if I just stay consistent with what I'm doing, I will have success at some level, whether it's financial success, you know, accolades for being the best hairdresser in town or being the most booked. Those were ways that I could see immediate ROI on sticking to something and becoming really good at it and becoming passionate about something. And so when I moved over to the coaching space, I think I already had some of that muscle built. I knew that consistency and, and, and really just showing up, even when you're in fear, when you're in doubt, when you're in like, oh, people are going to judge what I'm saying. Like I still was willing to go through that process online and, and not be liked by everybody. I even had one of my closest friends message me and say, you know, something about how I was speaking in my stories on social media. And she was like, ah, I really need to tell you this. You know, you you just sound really like frustrated and upset. And I said, I do, I don't, I don't mean to come across that way. She's like, yeah, it's just, it's not like really a good look. And I was like, oh, I felt so judged. And I was like, thank you for telling me you're my friend. I do appreciate that. So I went home, had a good think about it, of course called my other best friend. And I was like, can you believe what she said to me? And my friend, having been through my whole life with me, we were friends since we were 13, she said, Jessica, she's not your ideal client anymore. That's why what you're saying doesn't land with her. And I was like, oh my God, you're so brilliant. My best friend is, she was brilliant. And I said, wow. I go, oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm speaking my truth. It's not landing with everybody. And somebody at least told me. So at least I got that band-aid or that little bitch slap like <laughs> on the side. Um, <laughs> But it taught me that like, that's okay. I can work through who I'm becoming and grow an audience and a connection with people just by being myself and that's okay. So Mm. that's one of those muscles that I think I just built up the resilience that I was okay with people unfollowing me for things I posted. I was okay with people not being interested in me for things I said, because for everybody I lost or everybody that felt the way she did, the girl that told me that, somebody else 
was finding me and connecting with my message. So I think that's really powerful and and getting rooted and aligned with what it is that you want to show up and be about. That's the thing. Like you were so rooted in becoming the coach that you are and that that really kept you in it so that you could be to this level of success now and and see it on the other side. Um, we're so quick to judge our day one or week one or month one to somebody's, you know, year five and where they're at in their business and how they've been able to get there. But remember my podcast story, like I would have never known I'd end up here if I hadn't started putting myself out there in a really vulnerable, messy way for my friends to tell me they didn't like it. So, you know, we all have to start somewhere and, you know, getting clear on, on what to do next is less overwhelming than what to do in five years. If you're just starting out. Mm. I think you you said something really profound <clears throat> when you make a point to you got to be okay with people unfollowing you. And <clears throat> if I translate that and you know spin it up a notch, what I'm hearing in that is you got to be with being temporarily alone. And I find that that is at the core of it. <clears throat> that when we bring it down to the real core, human beings have such an aversion to being alone <clears throat> because it used to mean you're dead. Right back in the tribal days when you're you know spread out living in the countryside in your smaller community, if they didn't approve of you for whatever reason and they you know cast you out, your chances of survival dramatically decreased. So you know you're done. So today. Mm -hmm. When, you know, someone thinks about, you know, I really feel strongly about this or this opinion. I want to post something. And they're like, ah, but I remember, you know, Uncle Joe at the last family meeting, he, you know, he heard me speak about that and he's, he laughed. He was really laughing about it. Yeah, I'm not going to post. And I've gone through that <clears throat> multiple times with multiple people in my life, you know. Now, this is, you know, it's a very real thing for me. Now, as I'm planning my wedding for next year. I can hear voices in my family say, oh, but aren't you inviting this person? I'm like, I haven't spent any meaningful time, time with this person for the past 15 years. Nothing. Why would I go back just because at some point in my life, we used to be really good friends. That's not to say that this person is stupid, wrong or anything. It's discerning where I'm saying it's no longer fit. And I could see the tensions in the conversations within my family say, oh, you're not inviting this person? <gasps> Well, that's your thing, but I can hold, totally hear you know the whole apparatus behind it, and I find it's a really, a really, really strong emotion that can push you the other way. So I'm curious, do you ever feel that sense of loneliness? You know, when you're trying audacious things, when you're stepping into the unknown, and if you do, how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you will feel alone a lot on a journey if you're an entrepreneur. It is just what it is because most people can't see your dreams. Sometimes you can barely see your whole dream. So for you to be able to articulate it to somebody to where they're as passionate about your dream as you are is very rare. You might have cheerleaders in your life who are like, yeah, get a girl, do, do your thing. You know, um, I think often my boyfriend even now is like, I don't know what you're talking about or why you're doing this now, but go for it. Like I support you, whatever you need, just let me know. And I think it's, our job to ask for the support we need, pay for the support we need, find the help that we need so we don't feel alone. And I think when you open up to feeling alone and having conversations with the right people, you'll realize you're not the only one going through things. Like if you're listening to this podcast right now, hopefully you realize we are both sharing with you that we have been at that state. And the analogy you gave about worrying about somebody in your family thinking of what you're going to post. So many people that I coach to think that. And so they're worried about things they want to post about so they don't share it and that's not letting themselves be their true authentic self they're worried that it's going to segregate them or make them stand out or put a little black cloud on them or that they'll get some negative feedback and i think if you're going to be an entrepreneur you have to grow a thicker skin to know that you are not going to be for everybody and i think there was like a death of mm my Starbucks and sandwich posts on Instagram, you know, when I decided to go all in for it being really business focused, it was business focused, but it was also what's my direction with it? Who, who do I really want to show up being? Can I still post Starbucks in my sandwich? Yes, of course. But the point being was 
I had to be okay with not everybody liking the stuff that was coming out of my mouth, whether it was a podcast, a story, a post, uh, some, some stuff I reshared from someone else's page. Um, that, that was, that was a road that, you know, yeah, that's why they say, you know, being an entrepreneur can be lonely, but you can make your life as hard, lonely and miserable as you want. You can also fill it with people who will support you. They don't have to be your best friends. I know if I needed to have like a self-doubt soul conversation, I could call Mario, even though we're only in each other's world by way of one or two podcasts or by way of, you know, Instagram, I could pay to have him hold space for me and coach me so that I don't feel alone. You know, it's empowering to ask for help. It's empowering to talk about what you're going through. And that's why things like masterminds and, you know, maybe coaching programs are so so the rage right now because people need people and people need to be in community to feel that strength on days where they're not you know so confident because you're going to have days where you question everything and you want to burn everything and say fuck it and go get a regular job or you know not go down the path of least resistance you know but that's not who we are and if you're listening to this you're probably an entrepreneur you're probably seeking some higher level of consciousness in your life you want more than what you have now you're willing to do the hard things most of the time, um, you know, and, and just admitting where you are. That's why my journal practice in the morning is so important to me. Why I seek out podcasts that are going to uplift me and then inspire me, you know, ingesting positive propaganda is only going to put you in a positive state. If you are listening to positive stuff and you're finding a way to be negative about it, maybe you got some deeper work you need to do. That's where Mario could probably come in and unlock <laughs> some of that stuff for you. But, you know, once you realize where you need help, that is your that is your job then to ask for it find it pay for it whatever you need so that you can get out of your own way and do the things Hmm. i agree with everything you said and you said something very interesting you said and i'm paraphrasing along the lines of you know you can be you can have it be as lonely and as miserable as you want it to be and in the very beginning of our conversation you talked about you said, I am choosing, I don't know what you chose to say, but I'm choosing to feel the way that I want to feel. I, I'm paraphrasing that. And I'm and I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the power of choice because this is one of my absolute fortes that I bring forward all the time. So I'm curious, you know, what makes you say I choose to feel this way? Or people choose to experience life the way that they experience it. When people often think say things like, well, he makes me feel this way or I feel this way because the recession or, you know, I just can't help it. That's just who I am. What do you say to that? Well, if you've never read a personal development book in your life, you might feel the latter that you don't get a choice in how you feel and that life happens to you. Uh, but you are a reflection of your choices. You are a reflection of the life that you have designed for yourself. We all have systemic, you know, things. We all have conditioned ways we were grown up or belief patterns and all that. We all have that, you know, some more than less. And, 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 you know, I happen to be a white female who grew up, you know, not dirt poor. So like, I just come from privilege by way of what, how I was raised, even though we grew up with hardly anything. I don't, I had a teen mom. I, I don't know who my dad is. I have plenty of things that I could have held against the reason why I should be successful, have money, be in a good relationship, know how to parent better than my mom did. You know, I choose to figure out how to live a better life than the one that maybe I was quote unquote handed, if you will. And in 2022, the way 2023, the way that the the world is now, you have access to so much stuff for free that can change your life, change your state, change who you are if that's what you want it's all a matter of choice and so if you want different than what you have that's a choice you just make a decision and you start to do the things that are going to move you in the direction to get where you want to go but if you're not really clear on what type of life you want or what kind of money you want to make or what kind of car you want to drive or what kind of partner you want to be in a relationship with you will have a very hard time calling that in And so reading books around manifestation, visualization, you know, sitting in deep reflection of what it is you want as if you already have it, that will create this this openness in your your 
body and your mind and your spirit to call those things in as if they already exist. And so I'm reading a book called The Happy Pocket Full of Money right now. I highly recommend that book. He talks a ton about time, like you talked about us all having an infinite amount of time. He talks about manifestation in the sense of visualization, visualizing what it is that you want to call in, not just I want a nice car, but like, what kind of car do you want? What color are the seats? How does it feel? What does it smell like? Go to the dealership, pretend like you're picking the car up, like going to the depths of feeling the thing as if it already exists. Many of us can't or won't let ourselves sit in that imaginative state because we tell ourselves we're too busy. I don't have time to sit in that imaginative state. I can't even, I can't play pretend with myself because I have to get to work. Well, what if you pretended like you loved your work that day? What if you pretended like you were the best at your job and you showed up in that positive state? You're gonna have such a different experience in that job maybe you hate than you would if you go in there thinking this is gonna suck, I hate everybody, nothing's good, everyone, I don't get paid enough for what I do. You, you have a choice of how you wanna feel in it. And so the power of choice is one of those things that I choose every morning to hit the reset button around being positive. I can choose mm. to be miserable just as easily, mm. but that's why I write, I am affirmation statements every day. Not I want to be, or one day I hope to, I write them, I am. And that's how you and I started this conversation off this morning. And that's where that conversation came from. You, you asked me how I was, and I asked you how you were. And you said, I am, and you followed it by three real big, powerful words. And I mean, something terrible could have happened. You probably could have told me something negative. You probably could have shared like how tough a weekend you had or things that maybe didn't go right. You could have probably told me something like that, but you didn't. You came into this empowering, which then empowered me by what you said, which uplifted our energy. And here we are having a great podcast episode, Mm. being able to pour into whoever's listening to this right now. It's exactly what you probably need to hear if you're listening to us talk. There, you don't find things by chance necessarily. You know, you chose to listen to this episode, so it's for you. What you yeah. do with it is up to you. Yeah. And, you know, this word I choose, if we're really, really honest with ourselves, we can bring this word to any sentence that we're speaking, you know? Oh, I just don't, you know, I just don't think I can do this today. And say, so, well, I choose to think that I can't do this today. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I'm choosing to think that that's even an option. Oh, and I, I feel that the reason we as a society don't talk about that a lot is because it brings it to the next conversation, which is, which is responsibility. Because once you make a conscious choice, you have a responsibility. And I find that our life is guided, like you said earlier, is guided by a sequence of unconscious choices. Everything that we do is an is a trained condition choice that we're making. And even our suffering is a choice. And sometimes people are like, what do you mean our suffering is a choice? You know, I didn't choose to be uh, abused when I was a child. No, of course not. However, you are now unconsciously still choosing to be there. And how are you doing that? By not forgiving. And, you know, when people hear me talk about that, sometimes they get triggered. And that's okay. I'm not here to to be right or to please. But there is a part of you that is choosing to look at the kind of situation, the way it happened from a meaning perspective in one way. And this perspective is taking away all your freedom, all of your joy because of one incident that happened in your life. So you're unconsciously still choosing to hold on to that because you're afraid if I let go of that choice and I make a new choice that I won't be able to carry the responsibility of this new choice. Just like you said, you know, what if I choose this new path, you know, I'm choosing to, to work with Jessica and, you know, set up my podcast and get all this sexy branding ready. And then I show up. And then after two episodes, my mom calls me and says, honey, what you said the other day is just, oh my God. I'm so hurt. How could you say that about me? You know, da, 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 and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, what did I do? Uh, better go back to old choice. Don't like this. This is really uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I love what you're bringing forward. And, you know, with an awareness of time, I still want to ask you uh, a few more questions. One of them being well, a question that I ask all my guests is if you could spend an hour of time with any person dead or alive, who would it be and why? Mm, that's a good one. Well, my gosh, I'm like overwhelming of like pictures of people in my head of who I would want to mm-hmm. talk to. You know, well, if we go off of 
what the conversation we've been having today about mm -hmm. showing up unapologetically and accepting yourself for who you are and just being okay with putting yourself out there. Somebody like Prince, somebody like someone okay. so unapologetic that they ju they just show up and they own it. You know, whether people love them or not. I recently had heard a story about Prince opening for somebody uh, when he first started. And if you don't know who Prince is, he was a musician, look him up. Um, and he showed up in his little tight leather outfit and he just did his thing and he got booed off the stage. And that happened a couple of times. He opened for this, this band. And he finally, in that moment, decided I will never be the opening act for anybody else's band. I'm gonna do my own thing and I'm gonna do it my way and my people will find me. And I feel like there's something so, you know, uh, amazing about just being able to own who you are and what you want to talk about, what you stand for, uh, and 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 just sitting in that and knowing that your mom might get mad if you talk about certain things. My mom does not like that I cuss all the time or that I, I say things that are maybe inappropriate sometimes. She doesn't always approve of my parenting either. She doesn't approve of a lot of things, but I am my own person and she is her own person. And we've learned to have conversations around it um, to where we accept each other for who we are and we just keep the, the relationship going that's a parent child. Maybe you don't want to continue the relationship with a parent, right? And not to go off on a tangent with this, but this is relative because if we're talking about doing things based off of how we are afraid other people are going to feel, you know, it's like saying, stay in a relationship that's not serving you. You, you wouldn't do that. In, I mean, we've all probably done that stayed longer than we should have. And you get to a point where you have to leave and you have to make that choice that you can't change that person. You can only choose to change yourself and move the situation. So um long answer to that yeah mm. prince <laughs> great <laughs> great answer i've you're the first one to, to say prince for sure um that would be, be definitely someone that i would love to meet and for the same reason that you said you know like i'm always inspired there are so many people where content wise and what they're standing for sometimes my stomach turns around like oh my goodness but on the other side like take kanye west for instance right you can mm -hmm. you can ha hate him or you can love him, right? I'm not going to get into that, but just from a perspective of embodying what he believes to be right, I mean, you, you got to draw the head. I mean, that's incredible, yeah, right? Totally. And, and, and everyone in history who's ever done anything significant in the world has had to really embody who they are and what they're standing for and face the the backlash that comes from people and funnily enough it comes from the people that are not doing it because mm -hmm. generally i find the people that embody their own truth powerfully they're like i don't agree with what you're doing but i respect you i respect what you're doing and you know and how what you believe in and so the ones yeah. that are not doing it they're usually the loudest and say oh yeah how dare you say that da, 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 da. so i love your answer and you know, you also obviously have a book that you have launched and, you know, there's a course coming, the Start Your Damn Podcast course. I love the title, by the way. Right. <laughs> it brings in that that, that that level of, yeah, okay, I've been telling myself this for so long. Now, just get it done already. So can you share with us, you know, a little bit about the book, how people can find it, you know, what is it about and, and, and maybe who is it for? Well, I dedicated the book to people who are probably listening to the exact episode that we're talking about right now, right? Like this book is to help you realize that you're not stuck with the cards you've been dealt. Um, that you're, that you stop thinking, why me? Or why can't I do that? Or why can't I be like, you know, in that person's position or, or, you know, it's, it's the gift of perspective that this book I think has. It's short, it's less than a hundred pages. It's freeing yourself from the comparisons that we, we, pit against ourselves in life, the limitations, the circumstances that we feel like I, I try to help you believe in yourself a little bit more than you don't. And the book is a mix of that hype along with, you know, getting out of your own way and, and stop coming up with bullshit excuses why you can't do things or why you can't have the life you say that you want. Um, you know, because I think success, happiness, fulfillment, you know, they're unique to everybody. They're all, everyone's going to give you a different definition of what those things mean. And, you know, I feel like anybody who's in the creative space who is creating, 
by speaking their truth, by sharing their message, whether you're a coach or you're an entrepreneur of some sort, whether you have a, a brand or you're a service-based provider, like I was for the longest time, mm. you know, owning your uniqueness and realizing that you deserve more, you are made for more, you have an abundance of all the things you could ever want. This book is an example of that. And I use real-time podcast episodes to drive you from the book back to my show to kind of have you be like, get me in your ear so you can hear these things in real time and do the journal prompts that kind of come along with the book. So the book was a test for me to see if I was okay putting my voice out there in a, in a permanent way, right? Like most of the time you listen to a podcast once. Some people, books, they read over and over and they kind of live forever. And it was something I never thought I could do. So I asked for help. I got somebody to help me write it. I have a ghostwriter who helped me write the book. And so I wrote it in a, I think a non-traditional way, but a very traditional way for 2022. Anybody who has a book out there that's not a quote unquote author had a lot of help. So be okay with A, admitting you got help and getting that help. And so get your shit out into the world, even if it's messy and it's not maybe the most perfect thing you've ever put out there, but it's my, my attempt at starting something and creating some sort of legacy where I'm okay showing up as myself and hopefully it empowers other people to do the same. Mm, I love that. And, 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 and tell me, Jessica, where can people buy the book? Awesome. It's on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble. So uh, maybe we can throw the link in the show notes and they can yes. check it out there or you can get it on Kindle. I think it's super cheap on Kindle. Um, or if you follow me at Jessica Bergio on Instagram, there's a link in my, in my bio as well. Beautiful, beautiful. And it sounds like the kind of book that if I was to read, it, I would read it in the morning, because it sounds like the book that would fill me up with like a sense of confidence, a sense of clarity, joy, and, and experience that abundance that is always around us in just greater levels. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on the show, Jessica. I will be sure to add all of your links in the show notes to make sure that people can find you. And uh, do you have any last parting words for whoever is listening now to this conversation? Mm, I'm so grateful to you for having me. Thank you. Uh, I think, you know, if you are listening to the show, if you got all the way to the end with us and there's something that resonated with you and you want to let us know and have more conversation around that, don't be afraid to reach out to people who you find value in, you know, let them know that's such a gift to give to us. Um, but also it can unlock conversations that you may never have had for yourself before. If you are listening to podcasts and you're not a podcaster or you're not an author or you're not a coach, you just stumbled across this because you wanted something uplifting or motivating, or maybe the title called you in, you know, lean into those nudges that you have and get curious, ask better questions and put yourself in people's view so they can see that you exist because you never know what conversation could lead to the next great experience mm. in your life or opportunity so take advantage of those when those nudges hit don't wait till do it later put your phone you know right away and message somebody whether it's to us or to somebody you've been wanting to send a message to you know that's what social media is for is to be social and i've created some of the best relationships by asking, putting myself out there, getting in people's bubbles, you know, how can I support you? How can I be a volunteer at your event? Do you need help? Can I be in your podcast? Will you be on my podcast? So you have everything that you need inside of you. Just go for it. Do the damn thing. Send the message. All of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do the damn thing. <laughs> I love it. What a powerful way to close it. Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you, my friend, for deciding and investing your time into this conversation. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti with the Self-Doubt Solution Podcast. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>